Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at the scandal at FIFA, the governing body of world football. Despite the dramatic arrests of several FIFA officials at their Congress, the organisation has nonetheless re-elected Sepp Blatter as president of FIFA. Joining me on the online to discuss the scandal and its aftermath is Roger Blitz, who for many years has covered world football for the Financial Times. Roger, were you surprised by the fact that despite all this, Blatter has managed to, to win re-election? Not at all. Uh, Blatter, since he has been involved in FIFA since the mid-70s, has had a very sharp antenna when it comes to what it is to gain power and to keep hold of it. Uh, And he knows full well that the constituency of FIFA is constructed in a way that enables him to court votes all around the world uh, and votes which have equal weight a one-member, one-vote system. So the vote of the Cayman Islands delegate has the same uh, weight as the vote of uh, Brazil, despite the disparities in population. So this is uh, evidence once more of uh, Blatter bestowing patronage uh, and winning support for it. He won't matter the margin of victory or the fact that he was challenged. Um, it will nullify all the, uh, the terrible publicity that FIFA has been going through this week. But does Blatter's re-election mean that FIFA can now shake this scandal off, Roger? Or do you think the spectacle of, you know, a dawn raid, these people being arrested, taken away, the fact that there's an ongoing investigation, surely that means that it can't be business as usual? Or is that just too naive on my part? The difference between this scandal and previous scandals is the previous scandals were, were driven largely by the media and media exposés. And embarrassing while they were, uh, they failed to generate enough consistent momentum uh, and ongoing pressure. So what's different about this one is that we have the Department of Justice from the U.S. uh, not only making the most uh, 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 astonishing um, discoveries, uh, but saying that this is just the beginning and that they're going to carry on going after. So Blatter's problem is that Uh, While they may all pack up and go home from the Congress at Zurich at the weekend, and he may be satisfied that he's won another uh, four-year term, he's going to have the DOJ on his back and on FIFA's back. And that must uh, surely weigh on his mind. So, Roger, uh, Blatter's had this extraordinary triumph. Uh, he's, he's got through, despite this terrible scandal, he's effectively won with just one round of voting. And yet there was talk uh, in Zurich and in the world press that now key constituencies that in FIFA will, will peel off. And those are the European Football Association, UEFA, and the sponsors uh, of the World Cup, uh, companies such as Coca-Cola and Visa. 
So do you think that is also a threat to Blatter, or do you think that they'll fall back into line? Well, the biggest threat to football is the breakup of FIFA and effectively the uh, neutralisation of the World Cup as the greatest and most lucrative uh, of all sporting events. And so, therefore, UEFA's threat to leave FIFA is a tremendously serious one. And it's one that clearly has knock-on effects, not just for FIFA, but also for the sponsors for whom uh, what is a World Cup if it's not played by some of the key countries in the world in football. So it's got to be taken seriously. And it's one that I think has to be watched quite closely. UEFA have been gradual and slow in building up their opposition to Blatter. It's taken quite a long time. It really dates back about 18 months. When you push them to see how far they would go, they were very, very cautious. And I still think they will use caution and they will prefer to see events unfolding out of the US Department of Justice rather than stimulate them themselves by something like a boycott. But there's no doubt that the boycott threat is a very interesting card. The problem for UEFA is that it also has ramifications for UEFA. Because ultimately what UEFA wants is to run FIFA. And what today's vote indicates is that actually UEFA remains a significant but minority part of the whole organization and that many parts of the football world just resent UEFA. Yeah, that's clearly a, a Europe versus uh, the rest of the world split, if you like. But who has the whip hand? Because clearly we've seen in this vote that UEFA can be outvoted. But surely the money is in Europe. I mean, that's where the big teams are and so on. Or is, or is that now outdated? Yes, I think that's a really interesting point, Gideon, because the clubs... I mean, one of the fascinating things I, I read last year was that the number of players who played in the World Cup in Brazil, who came from, who played for a European club, was something between two-thirds and three-quarters, which gives you an idea that the real power could lie in the European clubs. And there's constantly been this toing and froing debate between FIFA and the European clubs about the release of players for international duty, how much money uh, clubs are are paid in compensation when players are injured on, in international duty. And there's no question that um, the European clubs will feel per, perhaps more emboldened in their negotiations. Whether that actually leads to, say, the withdrawal of players uh, for uh, a, a World Cup qualifying tournament, which would start uh, in uh, next year, in the summer of 2016, is hard to tell. But I would certainly say that they are the ones who, who, to answer your question, really have the whip hand. I think the ones who are most, who has the least uh, influence and clout on this are the sponsors, and, and uh, they have the most to lose. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the sponsors, because there's been some talk that, oh, surely the Visas, yeah. the McDonald's, don't, uh, don't want to see their brands besmirched by being associated by the yeah. World Cup. But that struck me as maybe a bit naive, because they could make a grand gesture now, walk out, and then somebody else takes their place oh and they goodness. lose this great... And, and the, the thing about the sponsors is that they sign up to consecutive World Cups. I mean, uh, for, I mean uh, for, for four World Cups in a row to uh, completely nullify the opposition. And there's no doubt that I think uh, you know, their rivals uh, would be very happy for 
the likes of uh, McDonald's or Coke or Visa to take a principled stand and say they're withdrawing um, because uh, that would cost them millions and millions. This obviously still depends on whether the World Cup is in the structure that everybody still believes in. And I think the other silent group in all of this are the broadcasters who actually pay most of the revenues or, or, the, or the, the biggest chunk of the revenues that go into FIFA's uh, pockets. And um, they're the ones who are most silent on this. But then I suppose you could argue, well, frankly, they only have to worry about it when the tournament comes around. They're not promoting themselves uh, in their association with the World Cup uh, other than during the tournament, in the way that brand sponsors are during the during the four-year cycle uh, of a World Cup tournament. Obviously, another big question that's been around this week is the future of the Russia and Qatar World Cups, which, yeah. I mean, Blatter implied that none of this would have happened if, if they'd actually given the World Cup to, to the US and to, to England or Australia. That aside, do you think there's a, there is a threat because of, if nothing else, these ongoing investigations by the Swiss into bribery involving those, those, the award of those World Cups, that those World Cups could be taken away, or is that wishful thinking? I want to ask you that, Gideon, because I don't quite understand this. I mean, the Swiss have been incredibly neutral about this all this time, and this, this tremendously choreographed event this week in which the US and the Swiss both announced that they are taking action can only mean that there's been some sort of US Swiss quid pro quo going on at some kind of a geopolitical level, mm. which in some respects may be something to do with the banking system, uh, with all sorts of um, other things to do with money flows. I mean, do you think there's, there's something beyond football that might have been going on here? Because it strikes me that the, for the Swiss to turn around and suddenly declare a criminal investigation was perhaps the most significant thing this week. It's very hard to put your finger on it, but what is clear is that the Swiss banking system has been under enormous pressure from the United States for some years yeah. and that Swiss banking secrecy is not what it was. And perhaps that whole episode has been an object lesson to the Swiss that you go up against the American justice system at your peril and that in the end the Americans have enormous leverage so it's probably better to cooperate but if I can now throw it back at you I mean one of the oddities of all this was that FIFA's spin on this is that the Swiss were acting following a complaint from FIFA itself so there seem to be wheels within wheels here. I mean yes the, the Swiss authorities have had a cosy relationship with FIFA and uh, there may be a way of words which uh, enable FIFA to feel better about this Swiss investigation. But the idea that Switzerland should raid the FIFA offices, sure. take away computers, take away files, was just simply unheard of even a few months ago. It just, it just beggars belief. And, yeah. uh, there's been a serious shift, and there's obviously some, some uh, noises about law changes, which what it makes is it makes it very difficult to see how comfortable FIFA feel as a base in Switzerland, because... Yeah, Absolutely. Perhaps they they'll have to move their offices to Moscow or... Or, or, um, or the Cayman Islands. Yeah, exactly. Or, but, I mean, it's interesting also that the Swiss newspapers have turned against FIFA... Uh, so, uh, which apparently they used to be quite strong defenders of it, but if you read yes. the, the Tribune de Genève or whatever, they're calling for Blatter to resign. Yes, and I think one of the interesting things also is that what, what FIFA have done on pre in previous scandals is say, oh, it's all a, 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 an, an English or a German media attack on FIFA, and nowhere else cares about this. 
But this is this is the week when FIFA became a a really true global story. And um, what's I think also interesting is actually in in America, uh, FIFA has, is a is a is a major issue, and that's going to give uh, momentum for the DOJ to continue pursuing. You can see questions in Congress about this. You can see senators getting uh, uh, upset about this. You can see uh, this investigation spreading not just uh, through the um, American banks, which might have uh, channeled these, this money, but to international banks, European banks. Um, and, and so there, there could be um, uh, this, this this is why Blatter is going to be looking over his shoulder all the time, because he's going to wake up in the morning and he's not going to know what is the next um, arrest or the next piece of um, investigation that is about to be revealed. Okay. And, and it's just going to be a, a constant, constant pressure. Yeah. And just to wind it up then, Roger, I mean, obviously the big question uh, in people's minds, many of them, many big questions, but one of them is, does this eventually land up at... Set Blatter's door. I don't know if you saw the the jokey thing on Twitter, the reference to the ad for margarine, which was "I can't believe it's not Blatter" when they arrested people. Um, but do you think this eventually ends up at Blatter's door, or is it possible that he was somebody who tolerated corruption because that was the way that he kept his power base, but that there won't be a trail leading to him? Well, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that Blatter ran an incredibly lax. Uh, regime uh, when it came to money coming in and and money going out um, and so did he enable it to happen did he allow it to happen was he completely oblivious before he was president he was he was secretary general he said in his speech to delegates today you need to elect me because I know the ins and outs of FIFA which was perhaps in translation not quite how he wanted it to be portrayed Look, I mean, he's 79. In a sense, he reminds me of Bernie Eccleston and Formula One, another elderly uh, leader of a sports organization, global sports business, for whom many of his enemies have tried to get it to stick. But, uh, you know, Blatter is, is the Teflon president as, as Bernie Eccleston is the Teflon F1 chief executive. It's, it's very hard to make it stick. But in a sense, I think... Almost my, my point is I'm not sure it terribly matters about Blatter the individual. The structure of FIFA is so badly damaged that you cannot see how life can, can be business as usual um, at that organisation. Yes, well, I tend to agree, but uh, I guess we've said this before, but, but as you said in, in your answers, it's hard to see how they can survive this one, but uh, we'll, we'll find out in the coming years. Roger Blitz, uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the line. And that's it this week from World Weekly. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.